0: Everyone, welcome to the third and final installment of "Where in the World Is Cameron Walter Meeks?" Okay, there we go. All right, Cameron. Hi.
1: Hi. How you doing? I'm pretty good.
0: All right, so we're gonna just jump right in. Cameron, right. tell us, how was your trip to Albania?
1: My trip to Albania was it was very fun. I overall, I feel like I learned a lot of new things, and I feel like I, I grew and mature matured in a lot of different ways and I saw different things and I learned different things I learned an entirely new language so yeah it was very beneficial for me
0: so you can now say more than hello grandma in albanian yes i can okay. say
1: more than hello grandma very good. in albanian
0: okay are you going to you and he is going to share, share some of that with us yes. in a little bit so Um, You ready for the next question? Yes. We need like a code. You can like wink or something when you're ready for the next question. Okay. Um, Tell us a little bit. What was the living situation like in Albania?
1: So the living situation in Albania was, hold on, if I can change it. Oh. No. Whoops. My one.
0: Brandon, change
1: it. Okay. There we go. Okay. So this is the village that we were living in. This is called Albania. Well, not Albania. This is Milot, the village of Milot. It has this big. Yeah, my favorite part of of Milot was this big mountain in the background because you would just wake up every day and it would be in your backyard. So this was the this was the village of Milot. And then, dang it, <laughs> wrong one. Okay. <laughs> How does this thing work? Click the arrow that goes okay. All right. So this is the this is our apartment. This is me and my team leader's apartment. This is where we stayed for the duration of outreach.
0: And it was just you and Kirk, right? The yes. girls lived somewhere
1: else. Yes. Me and Kirk, we both lived in this apartment right here, and the girls lived in um they lived in our outreach coordinator's house because he has a. My, our outreach coordinators, they lived in a three-story, like, big apartment complex. And so our outreach coordinators lived on the first floor, and the girls lived on the second floor. Yeah. This is the kitchen of our apartment. Uh Yeah, at first, whenever we moved in, I was, like, it didn't really have that much, and I didn't really... Yeah, I felt a little unsure about like how it'd feel, but after living in it for quite a while, I felt really confident and I really liked the place that we were staying compared to other places that we ha- that um, the village had to offer. Yeah, and then that's our kitchen. This is where we would cook most of our meals, and Kurt was in fact um, Kurt was celiac, and so to be sure that he was safe and that we were safe to eat whatever we want. He had his own like separate cupboard to put all of his gluten-free stuff, and then we would just have to be extra careful with washing the dishes and doing other things like that.
0: Well, hold on. While you were there in the kitchen, yeah. you might touch, touch on this later, but what was your favorite food to eat in Albania?
1: My favorite food to eat in Albania was a food called burek. It's... It's difficult to explain. It's kind of like multiple thin sheets of bread stacked on top of each other, filled with like meat or cottage cheese or um, spinach. Or actually, no, feta cheese, to be more specific. Yeah. And then this is... I got lucky. I got the big bed to sleep on. And Kurt got a makeshift bed that we just built in the corner of the room. So... He
0: took one for the team. Yeah, he
1: took one for the team. So... I was, yeah. So I got the big bed. This is, yeah, so, um, we didn't have, the water in Milo was really bad. Like, the, sit, the, the community water was really bad it had all it had a whole bunch of garbage and litter and all these other like bad like plastics and bacteria in the water and so we never drank the water if we ever took the the water from the tap we would have to boil it and then we would be able to use it for like tea or drinking water or cooking water and so to get our drinking water one of us well, most of the time me, I would go down to this spring that was located nearby one of the mountains. And this is where we get the water. It was a whole bunch of pipes just coming out of the mountain. And they would always be pumping with water, always flowing with water. And as you can see here in these pictures, um, some of the locals would take, they would make their own pipes and connect them to the pipes coming from the mountain so that they would have a constant full of water. And so... This one, this, specifically this one right here, this is where we would get most of our water because it was always right there. So yeah, that was the easiest place to get it. Um, this right here is an example of what I would carry to and from the spring every day, or not every day, um, every Tuesday. I would take these four containers of water. This one's two liters. This one is seven, and these two are five. So it would be a total of about um, like 19 liters in total of water to carry from here all the way down to our apartment
0: and how far was that
1: i would say that was probably i would probably say it was roughly a mile maybe less it was about a 15 minute walk yeah okay yeah okay
0: okay so tell us a little bit what did a normal week look like for you when you were in albania
1: well so let's start with sunday so okay yeah good idea okay so a normal week would start on Sunday, and so what we would do at first at Sunday morning, we would have the kids' program, where we would sing worship songs. We would sing uh, normal kids' songs that you would probably sing here, except in Albanian. And so we would sing the songs, and then we would have a um, a class or like a session where two of the kids would come up. We would have a presentation describing one of the oh, sorry, one of the um, stories, one of the um, Bible stories in the Bible and it would just be a presentation with pictures and the words would be in Albanian. And so two kids would come up and they would take turns reading each slide. And it was a really good time to just like one hear them talk. It also helped some of them get out of their like comfort zones and like to not be shy about being open and like reading in front of the class. And so we would do that. And then after that, we would have a craft where most days we would do a craft, like we would build something or we would make something out of paper. And then other days we would just have coloring sheets and the kids would be able to color and just, I don't know, just have fun. And so then, after um, our morning church service, some of us we would have a little bit of time to either, some of us would, be, would have time to just clean, to go back to the house, to our houses and like get ready for at the afternoon service. While some of us, mostly I liked to go down to the Bazaar, which was further down the mountain in Milot. And the Bazaar was just a long streak of gravel road with a whole bunch of um, stands on the sides. And people would be selling things like an assortment of like fruits and clothing and shoes and tools like shovel heads and the other things like tools and plants and whatever Whatever people needed in the community, everyone would come to the bazaar and buy it. So yeah, it was really cool to just be able to walk through that and to like look at all the stuff. And so we would do that, and then after that, we would all get in. This is our outreach coordinator, Dan's van. We would all get into his van, and we would all go out to eat at one of the restaurants nearby. And so then, then after we would eat, we would come back, and we would have our afternoon service which included worship. And then after our worship, we um, Dan or someone else would come up and give a message. As you can see right here, this is Dan. He's right there. This is Dan. He's giving the message that day. And I would say in an afternoon service, we probably had, on the on a regular basis, we would probably have about 15 to 20 people who participate. I think on the biggest day that... I think on the day, um, on Easter Day, actually, we had 35 people attending our ch- our afternoon church service. So that was the most people that we had in um, our, time, our time there. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, and then this. This is our setup for our worship. We had a pair of bongos, and we had two guitars, and then we had um, an electric piano. I was the one who was on the electric piano. And, yeah, Yes. And okay, and so yeah. But the thing is, these work fine. The guitars work fine, but the electric piano—they lost the cord. Whenever we got there, they lost the cord, and so we had to makeshift our own cord, taking the old cord and a big old volt, a big old battery. And so we would have to like get this whole thing set up, and even with that, it would work most of the time. But then it would just around the end, it was just not working at all. It was, yeah, it was good that we left at that time because it probably wasn't going to make it anymore. (laughs) So, yeah, that was our worship setup. And it was very fun to be able to play in worship and to listen and to sing in a different language. Yeah, I think that's it.
0: Well, that was just Sunday. Do you want to tell us about the rest of your week or do you want to move on? Yes, that is
1: Sunday. I forgot. Okay, that's Sunday. (laughs) And then, sorry. And then on Mondays, Mondays were... In the mornings, we would have Albanian classes where we would learn um, the language, we would learn the native language, Albanian, and this woman right here, this is our Albanian teacher, her name is Mary Malguchi, and she would teach us the Albanian Albanian language, we would all um, get together in the mornings, and she she would quiz us, she would teach us new words, she would give us spelling lessons, and it was just a really fun time to be able to connect with her and to learn the to learn language, and then in the afternoons, we would have our English class where we, where me and Kurt would lead the English class. We would have, we would have, um, kids would come in in the afternoon. I think it was three o'clock in the afternoon. They would come in, and they would learn English. Basically, we would give them crosswords. We would teach them new new words. We would play games with them, and it was just a really fun time for. Me, it was very fun fun for me because I was able to lead and to be able to like just be up front and to have fun with it and lead however I wanted and I created most of the presentations for the new content and it was just also really fun to plan everything so that was what we would do on Mondays and then on Tuesdays Tuesdays were our free days so basically on Tuesdays we would have Freedom to do whatever we really wanted to. We could go somewhere, we could stay and just take a nap or chill out or or we could also climb mountains or just go to like different places. Like for example, with this picture, me and my team decided to go to the Catholic church in a neighboring town called Loch. So this is the Catholic church, it's situated on this like cool mountain and we only went there once. So yeah. And then here's another example of us going to a castle in a place called Kruja. This is something that we'd also do. Dan and Mary would, on Tuesdays, they commonly took us somewhere in Albania just to, to see the castles or to tour around. And they're very good tour guides and outreach coordinators, to be honest. So, yeah, that's what we would usually do on a Tuesday. On Wednesdays, it would just be the same class and the same English lessons as you know, but then on Thursdays, the girls, Lizzie and Grace, they would go in in the mornings for the um, for the preschool class. And this right here, this is the preschool class. This is one of the girls that they did their classes with. I can't remember her name though. I think it's right there, uh, Leandra, I think. But yeah, so this was the preschool class. And then in the afternoons, me and Kurt would go in for the after school classes. Where we would help kids with their homework, we would help them with their reading, they would help, we would help them with their math, which was my favorite thing to do with those kids because I knew what it was. Even though it was in a different language, I knew what it was talking about and so I would get all excited whenever I knew what it was and I think that, I think that um whenever we were getting ready to leave, the teachers there, they were like, oh we want Cameron back because he's so good at math and like, <laughs> we want him because he, he knows what he's doing, so. Yeah, so if I were to ever go back, I'd probably want to go back here and help with those classes. So yeah, we would do that on Thursdays. And then, oh yeah, no, I forgot. This, in the after school program, this is in the kitchen. This is in the kitchen where the kids eat. And this, right here, is the Lord's Prayer in Albanian. And so, I'm going to read you the Lord's Prayer in Albanian. So this is what it says. Ut, Ut demos de de la amen. And that is the Lord's prayer in Albania. So yeah, every, every Thursday and Friday, we would have these classes, and the kids, before lunch, they would all say this. They would say the Lord's Prayer. And so I thought, my entire team thought that that was a really cool thing, that the kids would just say, well, it was a really cool thing for us to learn the Lord's Prayer in Albanian. So yeah, I really liked the after-school programs. And then Saturdays were just um, Saturdays would sometimes be free free days to just do whatever we wanted. And then other Saturdays, um, our our outreach coordinators Dan and Mary, they would take us some, to one of the school like they would take us to a school or they would take us to the playground, and we would just we would take our cornhole bolt our cornhole boards, and we would go to the school or go to the playground, and we would just play cornhole with the kids. And it was a really cool time to just like. To bond with the kids, they get to know the kids, and to form those kind of relations those kind of friendships with the kids that we were playing cornhole with, yeah, okay
0: um, so you did talk about on Sundays how you all would sing and help lead worship, so mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that kind of music that you sing there?
1: All right, well, the kind of music that we would sing there. Some of it would be different. Some of it would be, well, actually, all of it was in Albanian, except for whenever we would have our worship sessions. On Tuesdays, we would have our worship sessions where we would just get together as a group and sing English worship songs and pray and just have some time to reflect and go over the next week. But during the church services, all of our songs would be in Albanian. But some of the songs would be songs that I don't know in English. Other songs would be um there would be English songs or there would be English songs that I know except they'll be in Albanian. Um Dan and Mary would they would take the songs and they'll translate them into proper Albanian because it's very confusing. They would translate them into proper Albanian and they would have the they'd have the people of the congregation singing them. So yeah, it was really interesting to learn the songs in Albanian. And so, now, it's your turn to learn the songs in Albanian. Okay. So, hold on. I need my paper.
0: What? I'm going to move so you can all see.
1: Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. So, what we're going to do is we're going to sing the English, um, we're going to sing the English song first, and then I'm going to take a little bit of time to try, or try, to teach you guys the Albanian version of the song, okay? So, we're going to start with, Open the Eyes of My Heart.
2: Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing Holy, Holy, Holy Holy, Holy Holy, Holy, Holy Holy, Holy, Holy Holy. I want to see you Open the eyes of my heart, Lord To see you high and lifted up and shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing "Holy, holy, 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 holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. I want to see
1: you. Alright. Now, we're going to learn the Albanian version of the song. Okay. So, I'm going to try to explain this as best I can. Okay. So, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord, is pronounced Hapi Suit A Zemris Sime. And then "hapisut Suit A Zemris I want to see you. Dua Te tu, Dua Te tu, And then Hapi Suit A Zemris Sime. Hoppe suit A, do du, dua, yeah, sorry. Hoppe suit A, then again, hoppe suit A, zamarasime, dua, tesho show, tu, dua, te show, And then, of the course, Tesho show, tu, zote, te, ingreacher, lart. <laughs> what? Okay, fine. Alright, te, Show, to, Zot, te, greacher Lart. Okay. Me, skal Shkelchimin, shkel E, Ladis, Tande, Der, Dasherin, De, Fuchin, Ker, Kendoi, Ishaint e ishaint e e and then ishaint e ishaint e ishaint e ishaint e e e Okay, you get it. Okay, so, yeah, so you can, ishaint e Eshaint, Eshaint, Okay, so, yeah, so now I'm going to sing Albanian. If, yeah, if you can choose, if you want to sing English, that's fine. If you want to try Albanian, go for it. I'm, I know it's a hard language, so I totally understand if you don't want to try it. Okay? What? Yeah. I won't say so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Happy suites emrecime. Hoppe suites emrecime. Do what a show to. Do what to show to. Happy Sue days, Emre Happy Sue days, Emre Sime. Do what to show to. Do what to show to. To show to creature, Lord. Meskelchimine lavdistande. Der da shirin de Kirk and e is sheeti 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 sheeti
1: yep. okay. <laughs> right. sheeti 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 Next one we have is, this is more of a kids' song. We would sing this more in the kids' program. And so, we get, it's My God is So Great. So let's sing the English version first.
2: Huh. It is so great, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so great, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. The mountains are his, the rivers are his, the stars are his were too. My God is so great, though strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do for you. Okay.
1: Okay. Now, yeah, slowly. This is, the, this is how you say the Albanian version. Okay. So, my God is so great. Zoti im asht, asht imav. Ma'ad is big. Zoti im asht i maad i forty fushishem. Ska je ta pamunder per ta. And then it repeats Zoti im asht i maad i forty fushishem. Ska je ta. Kamunder per ta, and then it's mallet jan tetij mallet jan tetij lumint jan tetij uyet jan veper etij and then zoti im asht im mad forty. Fushishem ta pamunder perta. Per two for you. Okay, got it? All right. Yeah,
2: per two. Okay, ready? Zoti e mashtimad. E fourteen fushishem ta pamunder perta. Zoti imashtimad. mashtimad. E forty fushi shems got jetta pa munder perta. My yet yantetis, lumen yantetis, u etis. Zoti imashi E forty fushi shems got pa perta per two. Good job. Oh, or Shumir. Shumir means very good in Albanian.
1: Shumir. Alright. No. One last song. Okay. Now, it's time to sing, We Want to See Jesus Lifted High. Yeah, this one will be fun. Okay. Ready? Yep.
2: We wanna see Jesus lifted high. A banner that flies across this land that all men might see the truth and know that He is the way to heaven. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. Step by step we're moving forward, little by little we're taking ground. Every prayer a powerful weapon, strongholds come, tumbling down and down and down and down. We want to see Jesus lifted high, a banner that flies across this land. That all men might see the truth and know that he is the way to heaven. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. Okay, now, the opinion. Okay, so,
1: let's start off. We want to see Jesus lifted high. Ne, du'um, te, gram, Jesus, lart. Si, ne, flamur, bi, vendim, ton.
2: Che, nerzit, te, shonin, ete, kuptoin.
1: Se, vetch, tek, ai, ka, ye Okay. Ne, do, te, gram. Ne, do, te, gram. Ne, do, te, gram. Jesus, Christian, lart. And then you repeat that again, and then moving on. Hop, boss, Happy per par yoim. nga, Pak ne do, fitoim. Lutia, yon, yon, Asht, asht ach, asht, e, fushishme, fushishme. forteset, fushishme. adielit, adielit. rezohen, post. A post, a post, a post. Yes. OK, Now you've
2: learned it. All right? <laughs> Let's do it. Seor famor vend et a coup <coughs> toin. Sevesta gai kafaya. Ne nedotegrem, nedotegrem. ne Christian Lord. ne Jesus Christian Lord. Ne birthday, Ne 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 Papa. ne Christian Papa. Jesus birthday, Lord. Happy birthday, Papa. Happy birthday, Lutia yona ashat fushishme, for tessa adiye lit resochen, poh ste poh ste poh ste poh. Ne te gram jezus sin Lar sinya flamur bi vandinton, genezete shonen ete kuptoin, seveshakai kafalye, ne duam te gram, Neto do te creme, <laughs> ne do te Jesus, Christian, Lord. Neto do te creme, <laughs> ne do te creme, <Net-o-te-gram> Jesus, Christian, Lord. Shumir. <laughs> oh, Shumir. Thank you. All right. Okay.
0: I feel like lart was my favorite word because I Hi. could say that one well. Okay. Lart? okay. What does that but one For mean?
1: context, lart means high.
0: Okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> we're lifting Jesus high. Okay. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the next question. Can right. you tell us a little bit about what was your favorite hobby when you were in Albania?
1: Okay. Well, going off the... Whoops. It's not there anymore.
0: Hold on. Next slide, please. Yep.
1: Next one. Whoops. It went too. Okay, going off this picture, you probably know it is the hike. My favorite part of going to Albania was hiking the most, because this was just one of the one of the amazing views that I was able to see from hiking on the nearby mountains. This was probably by far my favorite spot to hike. As you can see, the village, um, this right here, this is Milot. Going from a top-down view. This was probably, um, yeah, this is the mountain I'm on right now. This is the mountain that's behind um, Milo in the picture from earlier. And so this was my favorite place to go to on Tuesdays because, one, it was a good place to just be by myself, have time to reflect, get exercise, and also because it was my favorite place to have picnics. Every Tuesday, I would grab I would grab food from the village, my favorite burek, some chips, um, a big thing of Fanta Exotic, which is Fanta that you can only find in Albania. And so I'd take it all up the mountain, and I'd have a nice picnic up there with the amazing view. And yeah, it was just a really good time, and so it was my favorite part. And then I also have um, pictures from other mountains. This one, for example, is another mountain nearby, Milot. And this is one that I would go up with more or less my team and others because to get up there it 's a little bit more dangerous and risky so but yeah it's the view from that mountain is also really cool because, as you can see there is there 's a river that goes right next to me low and it goes all the way to the Adriatic Sea. the Adriatic sea for context is fifteen minutes away, so going off so whenever you 're standing up on the on the mountain that I usually go to, you can see the sea pretty easily. Yeah. So yeah, that's my favorite thing.
0: Awesome. Um, Tell us a little bit about the people. What were they like in Albania?
1: The people in Albania... Oh, wait, no, that's the picture. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so the people in Albania were... The people in Albania are actually very hospitable. They're very hospitable people. Like, you can... You could be walking on the street, or you can be walking down an alleyway, and someone could invite you. Someone could, like, straight out of thin air, just invite you into his house for coffee. It's that kind of hospitality.
0: Or even perhaps hiking on a mountain, and someone invite you to their house for tea. Yes,
1: yes. Did that happen to you? Yes, that did happen to me. Okay, and so. Ruin your story no you're good okay so yeah so peop- the people there are very hospitable and they are very kind they're very community based very social everyone knows everyone especially in milo because it's such a small town so everyone loves everyone or everyone knows everyone i don't think everyone loves everyone i think there's still <laughs> grudges <laughs> so I, yeah so at the same time that's both a, the fact that everyone in milo knew everyone Also, kind of was was kind of a weird spot for us because we were new, and so they didn't know us, and so everyone was like, "Oh, who are these new people in our village? We don't know them." And so that was a. And so that I feel like that kind of gave us a lot more like kind of like weird stares at the beginning, just like, "Oh, who are these people?" So anyway, they're very hospitable people. That's a different story on the road. (laughs) So yeah I would say, because um, most of the well yeah, most of the people who drive on the roads are men because the culture there is that the women um, the women aren't really allowed outside, or they're not really allowed out of, away from their house during the day or the night. They're, I mean, they're able to go to work, but the women are very um, sheltered, and they stay home and, and like they feed the kids, they do all the housework. Well, the men, they go out and work. In most in most cases, work. Most of, the, most of the other men in Milo would usually spend most of their day either working or sitting in a coffee shop, smoking a cigarette, and just talking with their friends. And so, they're very hospitable, but the, you usually only see men during the day. And so, also on the road, you also see only men on the road. And... I would say that the Albanian men are very prideful in the fact that they like to pass each person that they see. Even if there's a traffic jam and, like, no one's moving, they'll try to get to the front of the traffic jam to be first. And that will just make things worse, as you already know in America, whenever people try to cut line in traffic jams. So anyway, so yeah, that's that's basically how the Albanian people are. And I would say that the Albanian people are, are also very... They're very, um, I would say, they're very nice. They also have a lot of Albanian pride. Like, they, they take a lot of pride in their country. They sing Albanian songs. Their Albanian songs are very, like, victorious and, like, cheerful. And just, like, they always talk about, like, battle, like, winning battles and other things like that. And they're very, like, singing and dancing and whatnot. And there's a lot more traditions in Albania than there are here. Or at least there are a lot more celebrated traditions in Albania than there are here. And weddings are definitely a must-go-to in Albania because they they celebrate a lot, and they celebrate hard, and, yeah. They're really good at having parties. So, anyway.
0: Um, Tell us about your Albanian friends you made.
1: Okay. So, well, that's my team. Those are the people that I worked with. And so, yeah, okay, so... This is my friend, Saimir. He is part of the, um, he is part of the Roma community there in Albania. There is, there are the, the Albanians and then there are the Roma Albanians, AKA the gypsies of, of Albania, of the area. And so he was part of the Roma population and he, um, he also helped a lot with, um, our outreach coordinators and their church. He would help a lot with the messages and with setting things up. If we ever needed to, to like take stuff down or clean up, he would be there every once in a while. But yeah, so he was a really cool guy. He always like he always tried to like talk to us in English the best he could. He always tried to talk to us in English and like get to know us. And he would like play around with us and be like, "Who are you?" And so, yeah. And so he was a really cool guy, and yeah, he was one of my friends. And it was really sad to say bye to him whenever we had to go. This is Ardit. Um, he is one of the Albanian, he is one of the Albanian men that me and my team leader Kurt were. We talked to him the most during our time there. He was he's an atheist, or I think. I can't remember if he's, if he's an atheist or he's some other religion, like unorthodox or something. But anyway, he was, he's very driven by, like, science and theory, and me and Kurt were trying very hard to, like, try and, like, persuade him on the side of Christianity and, like, trying to, like, you know, trying to preach the gospel to him. I'm, I'm pretty sure that we made an impact. I, w- I actually shared my testimony with him while we were hiking one time. So I am I feel like we did a really good job, and I hope that he one day comes to faith. This is my friend Zany. Zany is the best guy ever. He, okay, first of all, Zany was amazing because he just, any time that we would be out, any time we would be in the streets doing something with the church or with the classes, he would always be there. If there was ever an event at the church, he would always be there. He would always come to us first and try to talk to us. And he would always repeat the same things that he said, like, five minutes ago. Because, I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, like, Dan and Mary would say that he he had a little bit of, like, he had a few, like, issues with just repeating stuff that he said or, like, some memory thing. But anyway, he was the best guy ever because he was always funny. He He was always saying random things, always willing to help. He was always like, just there to help out and to talk to, and I just found a lot of like fun in just talking to him and getting to know him. And we went to his house for coffee quite a few times. And this this guy, this man right here is his name is Riza. He is actually the Muslim Imam of Milut. and there's a story that connects to his to him. So the story is. One day, I, it was a Tuesday, and I was going up to the mountain to have a usual picnic, and I passed by his family working on a water system underneath the hiking trail that I was on. And so on my way up, I just said hi, I said how are you, and that was it. Also, actually, note, um, how the way that you say how are you is siye, sí, yeah. and then good is mir. Shumir, very good. So anyway... So yeah, I, was, I just walked up, had my picnic, and then on my, on my way back down, his family was still working on the, the system, and I was just expecting to walk by, say, how are you again, and be on my way. Riza, right here, he walks up to me and is like, oh, come, come into my house for, for coffee. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I had nothing else to do. And so, I came into his house. I felt a little nervous at first because it was my first time doing it alone. And so, I came in, I sat down, and instead of being served coffee, I was served, well, I was served coffee. I was served coffee, water, bean soup, bread, and feta cheese. So, yeah, I was served a a full-course meal instead of coffee, which was, yeah, five stars. Five-star review. And so... I sat down, I ate some of my food, and he just talked to me and talked to me in Albanian, which I didn't fully understand at that time, so I kind of just like nodded my head in agreement, kind of just blind agreement. But he was, he was very, um, he was very enthusiastic in the way that he was talking. He was very excited to finally meet, like, I'm pretty sure he knew I was an American, and he was very excited to finally be able to talk to an American. And it was just really cool to just see him so excited. And he showed me like a variety of pictures. He showed me him with a group of like, I think it was, um, church members. He showed me, he showed me a video of him in the video with like this church being founded or something. He also showed me a picture of Bill and Hillary Clinton in a conference. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he, <clears throat> it was a really interesting, um, yeah it was a very interesting situation and so he just talked to me and like I just listened and a little bit later uh, I needed to go get flowers for for the girls because it was Woman's Day and so I had to excuse myself and before I left, I took this picture with him and it was and like it wasn't until weeks later that I learned that he was actually the Muslim imam. and so once I learned that. And I processed it. Like, I think it was just a really cool experience to be able to connect with him, to be able to talk with him. I'm not exactly sure if he was trying to convert me or if I should have started trying to convert him. Like, yeah. But it was just really cool to have that relationship with him. And that wasn't the only time we met him. They are like... There were a few times that he invited us to a, co- to a coffee shop or tea. And the last time I saw him, it was me and Kurt. We both went up to his house and we had coffee. And we had, I think, um, we had these little fruits. I can't remember what they're called. Oh, yeah, they're, they're called kumbala. We had these little fruits called kumbala. They're basically like tiny miniature Granny Smith apples to me. But yeah, so that was a really cool relationship that I had in Albania. And, yeah.
0: Can you tell us a little bit more about the food? You told us your favorite. What else would yes. you like to well, eat? Well,
1: my favorite foods, or foods that I had commonly, were... This is the first example. I only had this two times during my time in Albania. It is called Theo. It is a mixture of meat, cheese, grease, and... Or <laughs> oil, more specifically. It's meat, cheese, oil, and maybe even bread pieces. And it's all mixed into this boiling hot, like, dip. And, like, this, the bowl, you notice that the bowl is a little bit different. It's a stone bowl, so it keeps all that heat so it's boiling for a lot longer. <laughs> and so, yeah, and so it, you don't just eat it out of the bowl. You also, like, use the, you dip it in the bread, and you use the bread to, like, you dip it in there, and it's delicious. And so, anyway, that's Tavtheo. This is Burek. This is what Burek looks like. It's like, it's like kind of like a pie, except it's like thin layers, thin sheets of dough stacked on top, top of each other with stuff in the middle. It's very good, very glutinous, as Kurt described it. And like, I just really enjoy it because, yeah, it was just, it's really good and it's really cheap. I, I'm pretty sure that if we had dipping sauces, it would definitely be good with dipping sauces. But anyway, so yeah, that's Burek. And then this is chofta. This is a mixture of meat, oatmeal, eggs, and other spices. It, and it's like shaped into, either it can be a sausage length, like in this picture, or it can be shaped into a patty, which can be yeah, kind of like a hamburger. So that's what we, we had quite a bit of the time there. We had chofta, as well as other things. Like we had um, cornbread. Another thing, I don't have a picture of it. We had cornbread, which it was just a circular thing of cornbread with um, yogurt and cucumbers and tomatoes and feta cheese on top, and it was really good. And we would also have um, sausage, also known as salsich. We had, yeah, we had salsa- sausage most of the time, and we also had um, chicken or chicken fil- filet, which there it's called um, filetopole. Whole is chicken. So anyway, um, but yeah, those are basically the foods that we would have. Also, potatoes, french fries specifically, were a very staple food. It was a very staple food in Albania. Almost every meal that we had at restaurants would, would have potatoes included with it. So, yeah, definitely a plus. I do like potatoes. But, yeah.
0: All right, tell us what was the coolest thing that you saw in Albania?
1: Well... The coolest thing that I saw in Albania was the mountains and the landscape. I've lived my whole life in Missouri, and we don't have many mountains. Yeah, we don't really have that many mountains around here. I, I mean, in Branson there's hills, but that we don't really have mountains. So to be, like to see mountains like firsthand with my own two eyes for the first time, whenever I got there, was very. It was very eye-opening and very cool. It was just it was really cool to be able to see the mountains on the landscape wherever I was and to be able to climb up the mountains. And that was one really cool thing that I saw. And then another thing that I saw was how um how willing and how like engaging the Albanian people were with worship music. They were very like the Al- the Albanian people that attended our church were very they were they were very into the music that we were singing. Every time we would sing, especially in the afternoon service, there would be a group of women who would always come, and they would, whenever we sang worship, they would always be like into it, hands raised, always like singing with their eyes closed. Plus, like I didn't realize it until I was actually doing it and actually got used to it. But singing, singing like songs that you know in a different language, is a lot more like spiritually moving than just singing the regular song. Like, I feel like it gives you a better like understanding, or it helps you to like better think about the words that you're saying in the song, and just like what their meaning is, and what the song is saying, and what it means. And so that's just something that I that I felt was was really cool whenever I was in Albania, just how much worship meant to the people there. Awesome.
0: Um, what was the hardest thing that you saw?
1: I feel like the hardest thing that I saw there was. I would probably say the Roma community, just because in their social class, the Roma population is, like, the lowest rank of the social class, I feel like, because you'll be driving on the road, and you'll see, like, you'll see, like, outcrop, like, little villages of tents and makeshift houses made for the Roma. Like, on the outside of big cities, you'll see see communities of Roma who live in, like, Small houses that are like old and run down and like quickly made, and yeah, just kind of that, as well as the fact that like every time I would go down to the bazaar, there would be this family of Roma who would be walking around like asking for money and stuff like that. And it was kind of just hard to be to like see that every time I went down to the bazaar and just see that kind of like situation. And then another thing was kind of just like the, the position of um, the women there as well as, well, the girls, the girls on my team kind of had a taste of that as well. The girls on my team, Lizzie and Grace, they weren't able to go outside of their house without me or Kurt or the outreach coordinators leading them wherever they wanted to go. If they wanted to go shopping, one of us would have to come get them and take them wherever they wanted to go. If they wanted to go down to the church, we would have to take them. If they wanted to go to our house, we would have to take them. So they had to be led everywhere. And around the middle of the uh, our time there, they got really frustrated at that and were really like upset about it because they because they they're very impulse shoppers. I would say. <laughs> they wanted to go if, if they wanted something, they wanted it now, but they couldn't. So they would just lose in, lose the interest. And so there's that as well as the fact that like the mothers and the girls in most of the houses up higher in the mountains you would never see them unless they're going to work at the shoe factory you would never see them during the day or the night and so it would just i don't know it would just like it wouldn't allow kind of like like bonds and relationships to be made between the girls and those and the Albanian women and so yeah kind of just that and also the fact that like women in Albania seemed to be so easily married off. Like, actually, I have a story to connect with this. One day... Okay, this is actually pretty funny. One day, um, Lizzie was walking to the dumpster to throw away some trash by herself, and two boys walked past her going the opposite direction. They said hi, she said hi back. That was it. A few days later, Dan is in a coffee shop talking to the father of one of those boys. And the father is like, oh, yeah, my son is, like, totally in love with one of your girls, and they're engaged. And Dan's like, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? And the funny part about it is that what Dan did to deter um, his father from getting engaged with Lizzie, it was Lizzie, is all Dan said is, you know, if your son marries that uh, American woman... He's gonna to have to do dishes and clean the house. And the father was like, No, I'm not doing that. And he like, he, he closed it off right there and then. And so, yeah. So, definitely engagement is very quick, but it's also very easy to take apart. So, yeah. They also get, people in Albania also get married very early in life. Like, I would say, like, I was 19 in 18 whenever i was there and i feel like at that time i probably if i was Albanian, i probably would have had like i don't know like at least been engaged or maybe married to someone and so yeah so it's kind of just like i don't know girls don't really have that much of like outside life except for school and staying at the house clean and taking care of the kids
0: Um, so, for the last question, tell us what is your biggest takeaway from your experience in Albania?
1: I feel like my biggest takeaway from my experience in Albania is... I'd probably say that it's like... hmm. Like, you don't really have to go to a different culture to be able to see how God is moving in people and like what God's doing in a situation. Like... I would, like, it took me, I would say it took me going to a different country to be able to see, like, the impact of worship and the impact of group prayer, especially, because there are times that we would have group prayers for one person, and it would, like, even though I wasn't the one being prayed for, I could still feel, like, the energy and, like, the power going into that prayer, and... There was one time that our friend Samir walked like we we're having a um a a Bible study and Samir walks through the door and is like, "Guys, guys, we need to pray for this man." And I can't remember what was wrong with him. I think his like his liver was had some issues with it and he was like, "We need to pray for him." We prayed for him for probably an hour and it was like like, on one side, I was like, "I just want to go home and eat and eat dinner, but on the other side, I was like, "Wow, this guy 's like being prayed for a lot, and he 's progressively saying that he feels better and better and better, and his liver doesn 't hurt, and he like can stand up straight and all this other stuff and there was another story of one of the girls who came to our church. She talked about how it was um new year 's and um, the Albanians they shoot off fireworks very illegally in Albania, and so she got scared of the fireworks. And what she did to calm herself down is she prayed to God, and she said that right that whenever she did that, she was calmed straight away, and she was able to go back to back to bed. And so it was just, yeah, probably the biggest like takeaway from that was probably just it doesn't really take going to a different country to be able to see the power and the grace of God working amongst like the people and amongst like your community.
0: Yeah. But I'm so glad you had that. Yeah. I'm so glad I had having, that experience. That's awesome. Um, so what are your next steps? Like you're done with reach. So what are you thinking next for your future?
1: My p- current plans right now is, um, in September, I will be starting my first year of RBC Rose, Albaba college. I will be going there for two years, and then after, and and then after that, I plan on. I'm still planning on going to a secondary college to study more in music and currently music education. Yeah, yeah. Over outreach, I kind of had felt more of a calling to music education Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. So I feel like I still have plans to go and try and work into that.
0: Well, thanks for sharing. So if anybody else is interested in pursuing the REACH program at some point, talk to Cameron. Um, I think his sister is a little bit interested in it as well. Maybe, possibly. Did I just fill the beans on a secret or anything? No? Okay. (laughs) Um, But for today to close, um, we're going to say a quick prayer. I was going to ask Kyle, but he has sleeping children on his lap. So if you, that's fine. Um, Say
1: the Lord's prayer.
0: Wait, he might want to come. Okay. Um, so I'm going to have Kyle, um, just come and pray a blessing over Cameron that he'll continue to let his time in Albania influence and change his life. And then when he's done, we're, we will all sing, um, The Lord Lift You Up. Please sing that, um, we can sing that as a blessing for Cameron, the people of Albania, and also just for one another. So please join us in prayer.
2: Christ, I thank you for Cameron
1: and for the words he shared with us today, for the encouragement he gave us, for the reminder of how we should always have our eyes open and watch how your spirit is moving among believers. I thank you for the experience that you gave him. I hope he always carries it with him. I hope he is always reminded of your love and grace. I hope that all of us are as well and that we lean on each other in the days ahead. Amen.